0: Amen. God never fails. Never once does he fail. I want to take the scripture tonight and take a look out of, uh, out of the book of Exodus there, Exodus three. Uh, we're going to take it from verses one through six and then verse number 12. And our text is a wonderful example of God's love and God's power in the life of one man. And that's the man we're going to talk about tonight. And his name is Moses. Say that with me. Moses, Moses. His name is Moses. The people of God were under severe bondage. That's the Israelites. We're related to them spiritually and they were in bondage and in slavery. But that's an easy word to say, bondage and slavery, unless you do the research and you look. You see, the bottom line is it had been more than 300 years since the death of Joseph. Joseph bought a little bit of reprieve because of God's anointing on his life. And of course, he was right under Pharaoh. And as a result of that, God let him be able to rule as it relates to government. And guess what? His family, the Israelites, he blessed, gave them opportunity, and they grow. But 300 years since then, he's dead, and another pharaoh, and another pharaoh. The high ruler has come in and has no love for God's people. No love. If you're not an Egyptian, no love. For the people of God. As a matter of fact, we're going to abuse you. I studied that very carefully for just a moment, and it said that the the abuse upon the Israelites in Egypt was evil intent. In other words, it came not just from a strategy of a Pharaoh or his mind, but it came from evil intent. It was, as I read, what can I do to make life more difficult to the degree that they want to die there were many of them many of that they will want to die that they will give up what can i do to take their hope out of them what can i do to rape their women what can i do to work their men to the bone what can i do to separate their families and their children from one another how can i manage that so when you hear slavery and bondage, maybe you have a more clear picture of what that meant. But God, say that with me, but God, say it again, but God had a plan. Maybe it's 300 years, maybe it's been a while, maybe for you it's six months, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's been a year, but God has a plan. And let's listen carefully and get involved as we just slip on that Code of understanding. You see, he had a plan for deliverance, and there was one person that that deliverance, one person, and that was Moses. Moses, of course, was born, you know the story, educated, trained, anointed, and now he's called into action for God's work and his calling. Was a very memorable event. You know what it was. We're going to talk about it tonight. Moses was in the desert and approached Mount Horeb, and so there, of course, he had his experience. Suddenly, a thorny, dry, ordinary bush was burning, but not being consumed. But the usual part about this story is that at the bush, though on fire was not burning up and God was was in the burning bush. And so when Moses got there, take your shoes off, God placed a call on his life and renewed his original plan for what he had for Moses when Moses was born. So don't forget the call for Moses' work for God did not happen in that burning bush. It started way back when he was a baby. It started way back when he was a kid. It started when God saved him, put him on the river. It started and God gave him covering in Pharaoh's house. It was God's way to say, son, I want you to know, your life is not your own. You know what? If you probably track back in the history of your life, And you stay there long enough and you pray, you'll look back and you'll see, boy, I I didn't see it now and haven't seen it in a while. But now that I look, there was a point in my life that God actually laid his hand on me and started sending me in another direction. And you look at that, and why? Because as you're obedient, here's what I know that the journey that God has is not a straight road. The journey God has sometimes will take you circling through the wilderness. Are you with me? Sometime it'll take you on the mountain. Sometime it'll take you in the valley. Sometime it'll take you to a land of promise. Sometime it'll take you to where you're destitute. Sometime you'll have abundance. Sometime you're going to be broken hearted. Other times you're going to have family reunion. But here's what I know about God. He is creative and he said, if you stay with me one day, I'll bring you to the fulfillment of your destiny according to my divine will. So don't whine about where you're at. Don't whine. Fire is a very valuable tool. A fire that is not controlled is valuable or un, very damaging, but a fire that is under control can be damaging. I remember at five to seven years of age when our house burned down, I found the fire. It was a house of tongue and groove, pine wood, varnish, shellac. When they caught fire, the fire came out at me when I opened the closet door. And in a matter of 30 minutes, our, our home was down on the ground. Nothing left. Clothes, everything. I remember the impact that made in my mind. And I can still see it today. It took our life, as we knew it, away. But I've seen control burning as well. Sometimes fire is used for, for example, if you're on the ultimate survivor or you're out in the middle of nowhere as Alaskan people do, what do you do? In many places in in Africa, if you want to keep wild animals away and you just say build a little fire, keep the fire burning because animals do not like the fire. They stay away from that. So, we know that fire is a very valuable tool. But here's something else. The fire a fire is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. You hear people say, man, he was on fire tonight. Well, what does that mean? Or man, you watch that pitcher; He won that game. No, no one got a hit off him. He was on fire. And there is something of substance about being able to say that. And here's how, what I believe God's desire is. He doesn't want his church to be a bunch of smoldering flames and ashes. He wants his church, particularly in the day in which we live, to be on fire for the cause of Christ. Amen? Amen. To be on fire. Some of you say amen here and there, okay? All of us have experienced the impact of firing one another. I'll give you three little points here. Number one, the fire of pain. I've had it. The fire of confrontation, I've experienced it, and the fire of worship, thank God. Now, the fire of pain, here we go, Exodus 3 and verse number 6. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, whoa, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, Moses knew what it was to experience the fire of pain. And when God spoke to him and declared that he was the God of his father, Moses became afraid. Do you know why? He knew. He had had great training as a young person. He knew. He said he feared God. You know what? If you're in there and you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that bush is very impressive, it's on fire but not being burned, then I know you know my history So I am afraid, not only for fear of what you might do, but afraid because you are the majesty of the supreme ruler of the universe. I'm afraid. He feared God. He was reminded of his anger and of his murder and Betrayal and hardships in the wilderness and unfilled dreams. He knew that. Moses had all the training, all the experience, all the education, all the mental and physical abilities. But it's amazing. He's 80 years old. That's 20 years older than I am. Thereabouts. He had never reached his full potential. Never reached his full potential. And yet he started out being trained in the best of schools, even in what I would call enemy territory. Plenty of opportunity, thought he could represent God and taking out a, a soldier because he abused one of his own, thought I'll take matters into my own hand, but never reached his full potential. And what a sad commentary today for so many, many people who had all the advantages, all the opportunities in their life, all the privileges in church and being raised and being there and being committed and being dedicated. But somewhere along the line, decided to do things on their own and and they've never reached their full potential in God. But listen, the call of God is without repentance. Are you with me? God will never forsake the call that he has on your life as an individual. Well, he came up short-handed, 80 years of age. What's he doing now? Well, he's out being a shepherd. Well, if you study carefully, it said being a shepherd, that's about as low as you can get. Just standing out there, you know, whistling and taking care of the sheep. There's not much, not much glitz to that. What'd you do all day? Well, I went out and took care of the sheep, tried to guard them. And is that right? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I did. I did creative or nothing. And lowest part, do you remember the fire? And I talk about the fire of pain. Do you remember the story in Genesis 19, the fire of Sodom and Gomorrah? And you know that story. That was a story about uh, uh, Lot. Are you with me? And uh, his uncle Jacob, right? Thank you. Some of you are listening. Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah had to be destroyed. Now, I want you to try this on for size because this is brand new to me. I have preached, and I still believe, that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of, of their sin. Homosexuality, rape, all kinds of sins that are detestable. So God said, that makes me throw up. And that, that's got to be destroyed. And so Lot, it's about to be destroyed. You better get your little family together and get your wife and get out of here. Because I'm, I'm fed up with that. But why don't you try this on for size in addition to? How about he destroyed them because they consistently resisted the truth? And when you consistently resist the truth, you resist conviction, you resist the call of God, here's the byproduct of resisting the truth. It's a lie. And when you believe a lie and you walk in lies, sin is that byproduct. Everybody with me? It said, so, so, the sin of homosexuality, sin of adultery, sin of all of that is the byproduct of resisting the truth. You think God was absent? Lot went in because it was fertile territory. But you think Lot, when he went in there, forgot his raising, forgot what he had been taught as a young man, forgot that he was a part of the family— He forgot that Abraham, of course, was in fact his uncle, the father of a nation, Abraham, Isaac. You think he forgot? You know what he did? He got in there and began to build his own kingdom, and he began to resist the truth, and he clammed up and never, never shared the truth that would set men and women free. And so here we are, because all of us here tonight have a place in the family of God with the call of God on our lives. And the fire of pain often comes and separates the men from the boys. You see, the fire of pain hit hit Moses because of unmet expectations and goals, and the fire seemed to destroy the fire of pain that he experienced of having to run the fire of pain. pain, he, he thought, I'm hopeless. I have no hope. And if you listen carefully to the clamoring of the lies of the enemy today, the culture in which we live is trying to beat us down to believe we have no hope, to believe the church is not vibrant, to believe that Christianity is not something that is powerful and life-changing. To beat us down to the degree that we cave into our own emotions and cave in to that pain. And that pain will cause you to either stand up and grow or cause you to cow down and die. Number two, the fire of confrontation how many have ever been confronted every day if you're living for Jesus you've been confronted already today real easy fire of confrontation Exodus 3 12a and God said I will be with you well that's comforting how many of you know by an amen God's with us Amen. amen God's with us no doubt about it when Moses was 80 God appeared in the burning bush and declared hey You don't know it because you're over here shepherding some sheep. You've tried to detach yourself away. But here's the deal. I, I, I found you. I know where you're at. That little bush over there, I had it planted just so one day I could set it on fire and it not be consumed just for you, Moses, just so this time would happen. You don't know it, but my people are in trouble And I've seen their misery and I've heard their cry. And I've watched them die out of desperation and I've watched them die with hopelessness. And I've watched the women die of shame, of shame in their lives. I've seen it and I've put up with it till I'm not putting up with it anymore. So I have a man. Today we would say, I have a church. Amen. He has a church, the church of Jesus Christ. The fire of confrontation. Sometimes confrontation is unpleasant. Why? Because you hear or experience things that challenge you to some form of action. When Moses heard those words, he immediately began to protect his level of security and comfort. God, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I have a regular schedule, I have food. I have children, leave me alone. So what does he do? He's used, this is a word we know, excuses. Excuses, what did he say? Who am I that I ought to go? Not only that, I'm an old man. Donald Trump said in his interview the other night to... uh, Hannity, 78, is not old. Somebody say amen. It's not old. He said, I can't speak well. I'm not a superintendent at Rayburn. I I can't can't put two words together in a public forum. He said, I don't have any authority. Look, these sheep just do what I ask them to do. He said, what if I fall? I mean, you know, I'm pretty good at failing. And you tapped me? God knows what he's doing with you. Every scar that you've ever endured, every broken heart, and every achievable victory, God still reserves the right to use that for his honor and his glory. You never, ever get to the place, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that God gives you the total right to tell him what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. You see, what you do when you are confronted by such an awesome sight as a burning bush that will not go out, and you hear a voice, the voice of God, say, Get ready. You're going to do what you have never done. I looked at the analogy on that burning bush, and here's what I saw. Number one, that burning bush represented the church of Jesus Christ, it represented the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, it represented Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here's what he meant, that fire, which in the natural should have consumed that bush. It should have burned it up. It should have have evaporated and fallen into a pile of ashes. And God wanted to say to Moses, listen to me. The fire of the enemy that often is cast, even in the church between the time of Jesus' crucifixion and in Acts 2, Here's what we thought the devil thought. I've got him. It's over. Three days, he's down. I've got a fire there that's going to burn up every teaching that he ever had. But you know what? Here's when God is in it, friend. That bush, if God is in it, it might catch fire, but it will not burn up. God will preserve you, preserve his church, preserve you as an individual and your family if you lean on him. How about an amen now? That's what we forget. We are not victims unless we declare that we are. And God help us if we do with the power of God functioning through the Holy Spirit in our life. God, God, get ready. I'm going to speak to you, the God of the universe. Get ready to go back to Egypt where you had bad memories. Get ready for the fire of God. You are going to rescue my people to destroy many enemies in the process. That's what will happen. It is the fire of confrontation. Moses, I've let you linger out here this long, but the promise that I had and the ministry and the call that I had when you were much younger many, many years ago, I am coming now And renewing it. That's why I have hope when children go astray after you've raised them in church and after you've prayed over them and after you've dedicated them and all that goes with it. This is why I I am committed. If you continue to believe that God's hand is there, they will never get away from God and the voice of the burning fire of the Holy Spirit one day will bring confrontation to them and say, what in the world are you doing out here, not in church, living this kind of life, on drugs and alcohol And living for the devil. It's about time you straightened up. I've got a promise and a plan for you. That I had on your life. When you were a little boy. Or a little girl. Only two kinds. Boy and girl. But I want to show you another fire. It's the fire in the illustration of Elijah. You remember him? Yes, pastor. First Kings 18. It was the fire of confrontation. You know that the prophets of Baal were there and the evil king of Ahab and Jazzy. And they ruled and ungodliness was there. Not believing the truth, not following the principles of God. And God had laid on Elijah who, who paid the price of servanthood to God. And finally said, I want you to go out and, and tell Ahab to come on up. Because you see the fire, co- fire of confrontation. And this is where the church is at today critically. Yesterday at lunch, part of our staff and our team I was not able to be there but General Flynn you remember him was there and spoke to a selected group of people out of our community was supposed to be initially it was sponsored by a man out of our church paid the bills and brought him in and he said these words Whether you realize it or not, our nation is under spiritual warfare. Under spiritual warfare and the enemy never sleeps. But the most powerful weapon that we have is the power of prayer. He talked about some of the challenges that we face that you and I would never know about. But part of the challenge in today's culture is this. Have you noticed that the naysayers and the negative and the antichrist and the ungodly voice seems to be the voice that is the loudest and most noted in our culture today? And here's what happened in the day as related to 1 Kings and Elijah. He gathered the people together, Ahab including. Jezebel had a facial and a nail appointment and could not make it. And Elijah, the Bible says, went before the people in verse 21 and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Seems pretty simple. Get on the bus or get off. But the people, what's it say? Said nothing. You know, there is a time, and that time is now, that the church and the people of God declare who He is. We declare, we fight for scriptural value and principles. We declare that there's only one God, and His name is Jehovah God. We declare there's only one Savior, His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We declare that there's a rapture that is about to take place and you're going to need to be ready. Amen? And we declare that there is a place called hell and we believe that there is a place called heaven that we're going to be in either place for all of eternity. So Elijah gave them through the fire of confrontation and he said, listen to me, either you're going to follow Baal or you're going to follow God. What is it? They said, nothing. Now, if you don't have the third fire that I'm talking about tonight in a moment, you're going to be quiet and mum and you're going to be like they were, say nothing. But when Elijah called fire down from heaven and the prophets of Baal did their thing, then the people of God began to realize, wow, we should have spoken up. It doesn't matter how massive the enemy is or how culture may look like it's sucking the life out of the church and Christianity. It doesn't matter if people don't humble themselves in the presence of mighty God. It doesn't shake God's confidence in his sovereignty, not one bit. My God is firmly on his throne. My Lord is firmly at the right hand of the heavenly Father. And they have the holy calendar and say, look out, there is a timeline that is going to take place. And now he's saying, church, speak up like never before. What say you? But well, here we are, Lord. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And our testimony is nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So here we go. Moses now had the opportunity to do what God created him for. Finally, the fire of worship. Exodus 3, 12b when you have brought people out of Egypt, when you have brought them out of Egypt, well, I hadn't even started yet, Lord. I mean, I'm still warming my hands over here by the fire. I mean, I'm, I don't even have any shoes on. When I lead them out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. What mountain? Moses at that burning bush. It so was Mount Horeb, which was the mountain of God. Look around you, Moses. You're going to go over in enemy territory, and you're going to take 300 years of pain and difficulty. And you're going to go before the most powerful demon spirit, Pharaoh, of all time. And when He asks you, "Who do you think you are?" My name is Moses, but I'm here in the name. You hear me, Todd, I'm here in the name of the great I am. The I am that I know is not sick. He's not nemic. He's not bashful. He is full of fire and power and anointing that's the i am that i want to be and that i am lives in me so as a church what shall we do shall we become encumbered with all the challenges that we see shall we become encumbered? with all the difficulties that we experience and we listen on the news. No, we say, God, I want a fresh fire. I want a fresh fire. I want a fresh fire tonight. I want a fresh fire in the morning. I want to, want a fresh fire. I want to be a flame that's not burning out. I want to be a flame that's declaring the love of Jesus Christ. God said, this is a sign. My presence is going to be with you. And not only that, the bush was not consumed. And so what did John the Baptist say about Jesus when he spoke of this fire? Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. May the church catch on fire once again by the grace of God. And it starts in each and every individual. May we live, not as victims, but as individuals that we believe the promises, that we believe when we pray God answers, that we believe that we are not lost, but we are found, that we believe God's got a journey and a pathway for us, and that we believe that no matter who you are, how old you are, whatever the case, God still has a work and a plan that He needs you to fulfill, and only you can do it. Boy, listen to that clap online. My Lord of mercy. (laughs) Hebrews 1, 7. His servant shall be flames of fire. That's what God said, I want every preacher to be. I want every child of God to be. Hebrews 13, 29. Our God is is a consuming fire. And what does that mean from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I'm on fire for what God desires for me to do. And so it was fire fail in Acts 2, not to destroy, not to be an enemy, not to create fear of the past or present but he sent the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 to energize, to anoint, to revive, to recommission, to resurrect, and to rebuild and said, now the church is born and may the mission of the church always burn with Holy Ghost anointing. Would you stand with me? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? Here we go. You ready? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you because you do not fail. I thank you because we believe there is a divine anointing. And I believe in the name of Jesus, there are those in this room right now that, Father God, you are speaking to, that you are breathing upon, and that you're giving a fresh, fresh vision, a a fresh constitution, a, a fresh reserve in their lives. I believe there's some online out there that sat down and they didn't mean to see the whole message, but they did. And now, God, you're saying as you're speaking to them through the airwaves, you hear the word of the Lord calling them to say, Come on, get up, catch fire. COVID is not our God. No, 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 no. Our God is Jehovah. We do not bow to the lies of the enemy. We raise our hands in worship and praise, and we give you the glory. Father, in our own individual hearts tonight, we have the privilege of making a decision. What's it going to be? Well, for Elijah, it's, hey, guys, is it Baal? Are you going to follow God? You're going to have to make a decision, and that's for us. God, am I, am I going to be on fire? Am, am I going to be the kind of Christian that, boy, I pray and I believe that when I pray, you answer. Am I going to be the kind of believer that I don't let the enemy push me down and I stay there? I, I, I'm not going to be that. i want to be the kind of person that says, but God, but God, God's up to something. Look out. Even though I don't see it, I don't understand it. I know that he's up to something. You just hang in there. You just walk by faith. You just trust him and we'll trust you, Lord. You might be here tonight or you might be listening online. And whenever you have an opportunity to view this program, I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. And I'm asking you right now, because I know that we've all sinned and come short, but to give every person an opportunity to clean the slate, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Repeat this prayer. Here we go. Help me out. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for coming out of the grave. Thank you for coming out of the grave. Thank you for being on the right hand of the Father. Thank you for being at the right hand of the And I believe by faith. And I believe by faith. As I confess my sin, as I, confess my I am now forgiven. I I'm asking, you, I'm asking you do a special work in my life let me catch fire with the fire of promise the fire of, the fire of, power, the fire of power and with a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing. Like, I a like I haven't known in a while let me get my engines revved up, engines revved up. <laughs> to do what you want me to do, to do what you want me to do i am believing you in jesus Jesus' name name. amen put your hands together would you do that we're going to trust him amen we're going to trust him tracy roberts sent me an email and she said well dad is improving a little bit he's been at death's door she said thank you for the faithful prayers you know why that is somebody prayed you my mother had a little uptick today you know why that is somebody prayed General Flynn said, let me tell you, those of you that are here, many of you leaders in Lakeland, don't forget, you got the power. You pray, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. We got to trust God. I, I want you to know, don't leave here weary. Don't leave here broken up. Don't you leave here tonight, allowing the enemy to tag you. You just slap him away, tell him to get his teeth out of you and rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And you go out there tonight and tomorrow and you declare who your God is, amen? If you need prayer, these people are trained. They they understand, two or three agree together. If you need healing in your body, take that step of faith. If you need just have agreement with someone, come on, try that out. Come on down, and we'll pray. They're going to worship. You can continue to worship. You can be reseated. You can leave. You can do however the Lord directs you. They're going to continue about another five minutes in worship and praise, and we just let the Holy Spirit move on you. I love you, everybody. I'll see you Sunday, and God bless you.